Hello, and welcome to the Highland Bridge Builders podcast. Today, we will hear Jawan Davis bring us part three of our Mere Christianity series. A good morning, class. All right, I apologize for why well, I can't put that on the, the podcast, but today has been an eventful morning. Uh, it's great to come back. It seems like uh, we have been gone, my family and I, every week of this summer. Uh, you know, traveling for for teaching and and those things. But I'm glad to be back. I thank <clears throat> I thank Kyle for uh, starting the podcast for us because I've been keeping up with the Mid Christianity um, series that we've been doing. Just to go right in, I thank uh, Winston for last week discussing Christian uh, what Christians believe. Uh, so we understand Grant two weeks ago, uh, and I would like to say that. Book one was more of the philosophy uh, of Christians. If you think about the philosophy of our foundation uh, as Christianity, uh, Winston did a great job last week talking about the, uh, I would like to say the psyche, the psychology of Christians. What do we, what's our minds, what do we believe? And then today um, we would discuss the practice of Christians. So if you think about the philosophy, Grant uh, took care of that, tackled that. Winston talked about the psyche, psychology of being a Christian. And then today I will come on book three. C.S. Lewis talks about the practice. Specifically, he talks about Christian morality. Raise your hand if you understand morality. Not too many people. All right. I think we all understand morality. Raise your hand if you've been a Christian for more than two years. Oh, you guys are veterans then, right? We know everything about morality. Um, well, today, that's what we're going to talk about. I think it's pretty crucial to uh, break down Christian morality. Uh, for one, that it's not just... Morality. So the first point I want you to understand is we're not just talking about morality and we'll distinguish Christian morality from morality, worldly morality, you know, American morality, if you would like to say. So when we think, think about Christian morality, I want to bring to your attention that <clears throat> that automatically shows us as a distinction, a group that's set apart. Uh, you may not want to believe me or C.S. Lewis. I want to say this from the get-go, that C.S. Lewis is considered a Christian agnostic. He is the person that I would like to think doesn't add or take away from the word, but is the layman's perspective, gives the layman's perspective of the word uh, in this day and age. I have a lot of friends, and, and they've said this before. They said, <clears throat> well, you know, the Bible seems so harsh and just intimidating. Raise your hand if you ever heard that before. Yeah, <clears throat> I think C.S. Lewis helps them out. Uh, he serves as an aid in this day and time to where he can use the same analogies, different analogies to where we as Christians or atheists or agnostics or whoever <clears throat> can bring them back to this is what the Bible says. And let me put it in the terms that you can uh, understand a little bit better. So when we think about Christian morality, a couple of things. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that we are the light of the world, uh, a town now built on 
a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 14. Keep that in mind. We're the salt of the earth. Everybody has heard of that. Matthew 5, 13. We have been set apart as holy. We know that's sanctification. Hebrews 10, 10. In the world, but not of the world. John 17, 16. We're a peculiar people, chosen generation, special possession. It comes out of 1 Peter 2, 9. And then we're children of God through faith. So that's just five or six verses to understand that when we're talking about morality and you add the Christian on, the followers of Christ, that changes morality. Okay? That changes morality. So with that being said, today's lesson on Christian behavior by C.S. Lewis would definitely prompt you to ask yourself two questions. I want you to think closely about these questions that we as we go on. As a Christian, how do my Christian beliefs complement my Christian behavior. Let me say that again. How do my Christian beliefs, what Winston talked about last week, complement my Christian behavior? Just a, a couple of things about what Winston talked about. Like I said, did an excellent job. I love the point where he made about God is the fuel to our car, to our vehicle as the human machine. That we can put in toothpaste, we can put in milk, we can put in orange juice, we can put in anything and it's not going to work as humans. We can only use the few, which is God, for us to work properly. Uh, and so understanding that, we come to this. Now, I think we've all heard of faith without works. Raise your hand if you ever heard of that. James talks about that in James 2, and we'll get more in detail about that. So what is morality? C.S. Lewis says that morality is a set of rules and directions used for running the human machine. Now, I'm going to give some credit to C.S. Lewis. He puts things in layman's terms, but I'm going to try to put it in more layman's terms of the layman, uh, if that makes sense. So morality, <clears throat> he says, is simply... A set of rules and directions for the human machine. Let me quickly talk about the human machine for a second because I want you to understand that's really simple. The human machine is simply the relationship with whom? God and man. God and man. So when we think about morality as a set of rules, <clears throat> a lot of people would say, and this is, has come up, okay, well, morality is simply preferences. Personal ideas, personal ideals, what he says. C.S. Lewis automatically refutes this. We understand that morality, he wants us to know, and the word speaks of this, that a set of rules and directions is for us to stay afloat. And when we don't follow these set rules created by God, Bad things happen. 
I want to let that sink in because a lot of people, you know, in this culture that we live in, we say, okay, well, this is what I believe. This is what you believe. You're cool. I stay here. You stay over there. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to, you know, argue with you. You know, in the workplace, we say what two things. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about politics. That that mindset of morality, C.S. Lewis is debunking that and saying, no, it's not a you do your thing and I do my thing. If you feel like this is okay, go ahead. If I feel like this is okay, that's fine. That the word of God in the human machine, C.S. Lewis is reiterating what the Bible says that, no, it is a set of rules and guidelines that Christians follow. That the humans should follow. Uh, And when that's not used, that's a problem. So Lewis makes it clear that these moral rules are put in place to prevent the human machine from breaking down. Specifically to keep intact the relationship of God and man. Moral rule is there to prevent breakdown, a strain, a friction in the running of that machine. That is why these rules at first seem to be constantly interfering with our natural inclinations. When you are being taught how to use any machine, the instructor keeps on saying, and we understand this, don't do that because, of course, there are all sorts of things that look all right and seem to you the natural way, but do not really work. We've all been on the job. We all been new on a job. uh, And we may think we know some different things. I know as a teacher, this is totally true. In college, you're spending four or five years and you're writing this and you're doing this and you're studying that. And then you get on a job and you think you're doing it a right way. The natural way, what you've learned, uh, what seems comfortable, but then it's the wrong way. And a lot of times we're going to talk about that. At these rules and directions, we have to understand C.S. Lewis is saying there are a set of rules. Now, I want to. Pause a little bit and uh, forgive me uh, because my ships are not too good. But C.S. Lewis brings up ships on the wall. He said, We are a fleet of ships. I don't know why C.S. Lewis loves um, battle analogies, which Winston said this was during after World War II, and I I get that. So we're going to use that. He says that as humans, we are a fleet of ships. Now, with that fleet of ships, three things should be in our mind, or two things. We should be going in the same direction in formation. Now, this is the problem. C.S. Lewis says that two things can happen. This ship can get into it with other ships. That's a problem. So thanking you on the journey of morality. This ship or this person is getting into it with another ship. That's a problem. The other alternative is a ship alone by itself has its own personal issues. So let me paint the picture for you, because this is the the main thing I want you to understand. You have one side external workings. 
of morality. We'll talk about that. You also have internal workings. We'll talk about that. So, let's talk about external workings. These are interactions, man and man. Morality, external workings. I want you to think about it. Serving one another. Loving one another. Treating others as yourself. War, poverty, lies, deceit, cheating, bullying, breaking the laws of the land. Anybody ran a red light this morning? I thought about it, but I didn't. Those different laws of the land is what C.S. Lewis is saying when it comes to morality. It's three parts. The man and man, the society that we live in. Now, we understand that. That's the world's perspective, right? We get that. No one will argue murder is wrong. Something inside of us says that bullying is wrong. Something in, inside of us says that cheating is wrong. The list goes on and on and on. And we can talk about the moral argument. Uh, and I want to put this out here. When we talk about atheism, C.S. Lewis does an excellent job with this triangle. I know a lot of people may be struggling with, well, how do I talk to an atheist? How do I talk to a person that doesn't believe that God exists? Well, this moral argument really goes a long way because it lets us know, well, well, no, if God doesn't exist, well, anything goes. Cheat, no feeling. Bullying, no, no feeling. Thousands of people being murdered, not a feeling at all. You shouldn't have one. But God brings that morality. So when we think about morality, external workings. Um, this is the focus area of non-Christians. C.S. Lewis says when a man says about something he wants to do, it can't be wrong because it doesn't do anyone else any harm. He is thinking only of the first thing. He is thinking that it does not matter what his ship is like inside, provided that he does not run into the next ship. It is our moral duty to help out in wars. It is my Christian duty to give to the poor. So I think everybody remembers Rodney King. Uh, and I think this sums up external workings. That can we all just get along? That sums up external workings. And I think we do pretty good, a good job of doing that. The next thing is internal workings. Inside of man. What are we struggling with inside? What is the good of telling the ships how to steer so as to avoid collisions if, in fact, they are such crazy old tubes that they cannot be steered at all? What is the good of drawing up on paper rules for social behavior if we know that, in fact, our greed, cowardice, ill temper and self-conceit are going to prevent us from keeping them? I do not mean for a moment that we ought not to think and think hard about improvements in our social and economic system. What I do mean is that all that thinking would be mere moonshine 
unless we realize that nothing but the courage and unselfishness of individuals is ever going to make any system work properly. So when we think of these things, internal workings, greed, jealousy, cowardice, ill temper, self-conceit, pride, fear, addictions, lack of self-control, distrust, selfish ambitions, personal agendas. When I name those off, it's important that as Christians that we not just think of external workings. And that's what we do. We can come here, check off church, play church on Sunday, come Wednesday, not harm anybody, really kind to people at work, would give a muffin at any moment. Mm. We can do those different things. But what's leading us? What's inside that no one else sees? I maybe give $200,000 to the church because, man, I'm trying to be at the top of that list. I just got that pride. I just got to win. Well, that's not morality. Well, I love, just, I love giving to the poor. I just love giving to the kids in North Memphis. Because, you know, I live in Collierville and I just feel bad because I'm above them. Haltiness. That's the things that us, we don't see. But who cares what we see? See, as Lewis specifically says that, who are we trying to do? God knows everything. So we're trying to prove something to our family members about how moral we are. It really doesn't matter if you don't have this. All right? So that's a couple of things. The last thing which I think is the most important. And it really should not be at the bottom. Is life's purpose. Why were we made in the first place? I think that's the most important question to answer. This really stunned me this week because I was thinking, okay, C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, I've seen that. Okay, pretty cool. Uh, But when he got to this point, it really hit me. That we could be doing some internal workings and be great. We could even be doing some external workings and be doing awesome. But guess what? If we don't have life's purpose down, don't have any morality at all. God, what are you saying? Well, we're saying that specifically. God is saying that you have to have a purpose for me. Let's talk about this in the word. What is the general purpose for man as a whole? For God's glory. So we're here for God's glory. First Peter four eleven. For God's purpose only. 
Proverbs 19, 21 and Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 to love God. Romans 8, 28. Titus 2, 11, 14. 1 Corinthians 4, 1. Now, I remember Winston yesterday talking about it's insane to be a Christian. You're right. I agree. I'm going to tell you what also is insane. For us to spend 70 years on this earth getting green paper, spending green paper, and then dying. Amen. That's more insane. Amen. To have all of this together, to be kind, to be gracious, to give to the poor, to be sweet, all of these different things. And then, what's my purpose? Oh, man, I... Just trying to build up that 401k. That's that's about it. Trying to get ready for retirement. I mean, trying to make sure that my kids are ready for retirement and my other kids are ready for retirement and my kids are ready for college because they need to be prepared for the workforce so they can retire early. What's our purpose? It's really simple. This is the foundation for what we stand on. This here. Raise your hand if you're a parent. This is it. I have a three-year-old daughter and, and one on the way in October. This is what I have to teach them. I spend an hour almost every day going over sight words. I spend ten minutes reading a story about the Bible at the end. I have to change that. Oh, she knows her words. You ask Shania, she knows. Because I've been putting in work. But guess what? Has nothing to do with her purpose. Has nothing to do with mine. Now, we can get caught up and say, well, and this is not coming from me. This is coming from the word. And C.S. Lewis reiterates this. Is it our job to provide? Absolutely. Is it our job to protect? Absolutely. But we have taken protection and provision to a whole nother level to where it's gotten us out of life's purpose. That's important to realize. So I have to ask you this question. What is your struggle? I honestly believe, man, all of this is, is a hill of beans if we're not applying it to our lives. What's your struggle? Is it external workings? And you don't want to give to anybody? You care less about murder? Care less about bullying and cheating? I'm just, that's right, I'm, I'm past that. I'm, that's, if you want to do what you do, do what you do. Or are you struggling with internal workings? Things inside of yourself. Faith. Deceit. Malice. Cowardice. Greed. Selfish ambitions. Or are you struggling with life's purpose? 
Now, I asked the question, how many people have been baptized or have been a Christian for more than two years? And I think like 90% raise your hand. You may have been baptized or been a Christian for 18 years, 20 years, but still haven't gotten this question yet. Because this really dictates everything. If we don't know life's purpose, oh, we're probably going to focus on external workings. If we're a good person inside, we're probably going to get external workings and internal workings. I'm not going to do anybody bad. But if we don't have life's purpose, we wasted our time. Right? So let me move on. The next chapter, he talks about cardinal virtues. Okay? And, and this is from uh, the Roman Catholic Church. I think they are a great virtues to talk about. I'm going to quickly go over that. Uh, prudence. We talk about good judgment. That is part of internal workings. C.S. Lewis paints the picture of, he has great analogies, like Winston said. He has the mindset of, okay, a person that internal workings of prudence saying that, okay, give to the poor, but I'm not using prudence. That means, well, I'm giving to the poor, but I'm just giving. I it's a foundation out there that's saying they're supposed to be giving the kids, but I don't know. I'm just giving them the money. That's not good judgment. The other thing is fortitude, having courage and grit, okay, to lean on God. The next one is justice. Okay. And then the last one is fairness. Uh, point number one, I want to think about, I want you to think about all of these C.S. Lewis makes it clear that these specific qualities on the board are not just actions, but as Christians should be our way of life, not sporadic or inconsistent, but the makeup of who we are as followers of Christ. Why? Because it goes back to our life's purpose of being servants of God and not of our culture. Let me reiterate what C.S. Lewis is saying here is that, okay. Morality is based off of external workings, internal workings, and life's purpose. You may be kind once a week. You may be kind a couple of times. You may be mm, refraining from pornography or greed three or four months out the year. C.S. Lewis is saying, no, that's not it. That's not morality. Morality is consistency. It's a way of life. Point number two. But the truth is that right actions done for the wrong reason do not help to build the internal quality or character called a virtue. And it is this quality or character that really matters. We get this. But are we doing it for the right reasons? And it has everything to do with internal qualities, the internal virtue. And the last one, God desires a person to complete these actions willingly and cheerfully because they understand their purpose and truly have placed faith in God. So that's pretty important. I don't want us to forget this. We'll come back to that in just a second. As we take a look at this diagram of morality, C.S. Lewis brings up an honest point to analyze. I want you to listen to this. We have all departed from that total plan in different ways. 
and each of us wants to make out that his own modification of the original plan is the plan itself. You will find this again and again about anything that is really Christian. Everyone is attracted by bits of it and wants to pick out those bits and leave the rest. That is why we do not get much further. And that is why people who are fighting for quite opposite things can both say they are fighting for Christianity. I want us to understand this. The question I have after reading that is, what are we pulling out? C.S. Lewis claims that, and I agree with him, that in these three things, Christians tend for ages pull out what they like, like at a grocery store. Uh, giving to the poor. I don't know about that, but I tell you what, uh, I won't break any other laws. Internal workings, same thing. I tell you what, I'm going to use all the self-control I have, but I'm telling you, I'm going to take that raise, man, because I just... (laughs) I got to make the most money in this building. I got to know everybody, let everyone know, man, that I'm, I can keep up with the Joneses. But on the other hand, I'm fleeing this. I think that's crucial here. Because I think that's what we all do. And if we think back and analyze and reflect on what we do as Christians, Morality comes into play that we're not picking and choosing. I think this is where really studying comes in. A babe in Christ, and it talks about this in a word that a person on milk is different from a person that can handle meat. That a person with milk probably is not going to have this together. A person that can handle meat that's been in the word for 25 years, that's been a Christian for 30 years, they should be teaching others now. But that's the key. So C.S. Lewis is asking us, um, what's their struggle? Okay, I'm going to ask this question. Um, How can this, and I would love participation, because I think a lot of us are struggling with this. How can this be consistently thought out and acted upon? How can we turn these three things consistent? I want you to think. You have a person that's coming up to you that's like, man, I just can't get not, I can't get out of the rut. I'm just struggling caught up in these natural desires I mean what do I do anybody I want you to think I think it's natural for us to try to keep when we are lacking the consistency we like to keep that to ourselves Mm -hmm. it's kind of wrapped up in we don't want anyone else to know that we're not perfect absolutely and so almost it's that opening up with even one person to keep you accountable 
and being real with someone and saying, I'm not perfect and here's why. And knowing that they can they can assist you in that. But when we try to keep it all wrapped up in ourselves, like when we keep that lie going that we're perfect to everyone who's watching us, then man, you're not gonna get out of that ever. I think sometimes we don't want to admit it to ourselves either. Because mm. oftentimes we don't even reflect on what we're doing. We just kind of go out and live our lives. And I think that's one of the things that um, our culture especially has, has kind of driven us into is just like going and going and going and going. And we just all need to kind of, myself included, need to stop mm. and take a look at our lives, the way we spend our time, the way we live our lives, and say, okay, the way I'm living, is that really focused on that purpose of my life, mm. or is it not? Absolutely. I think this is where really the church comes in at. I have a lot of friends, and I, or not a lot, I don't want to paint this picture as a lot of, but millennials as a whole, we struggle with this, which we all do. We struggle with this triangle, this, this part of morality. But these three things, I think the church has failed in. We have failed some of our friends. That they feel, okay, well, I'm in this rut, man. I need counseling. Oh, I tell you what, I'll just watch Dr. Field every day. And just because the church just can't do it. Well, I think this is where the community comes in at. And I'm not talking about get your click, okay? Get my click over here, your click. No, don't come in my click. Uh-uh. No, we don't. Uh-uh. We got. No. But this external workings is kindness and bringing in people and saying, hey, come study with me. I don't know it all, but hey, come study. Okay, using my time to adopt a school. Spending a little time at the community center. Spending some time up here serving. Getting deep. And I like to say that, but we have to be open as well. So thank you guys for for those different things. I want, that, want us to keep that in mind. Uh, I have about five minutes remaining. Um, as we take a look at this diagram, um, I don't want us to forget this. This is the meat of today's class about Christian behavior, uh, that's important to realize. Giving to the poor. Uh, we understand that a huge part of Christian morality is giving to the poor. C.S. Lewis provides an interesting perspective. This is what he says. He says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if I expenditure on comforts, luxuries, Amusements, etc., is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own. We are probably giving away too little. He says that charities should pinch us, should hamper us in some way. I want you to think about that. This hit home to me because I can make two hundred grand in a year. Make sure to take care of all of my stuff. Okay, 401 settled. Okay, uh, money marketing statement. Okay, got that. Okay, kid tuition taken care of. All right, 
I got five grand a week left. Let me give to the church. At the end of the year, you giving a hundred grand, but you're feeling good. No pinch hasn't stopped you from doing anything that you like to do. C.S. Lewis is saying that we should feel it when we're giving. And I think that has everything to do. And he says it has a lot to do with pride. And that can play a part in it of just giving. Just giving away. Giving to the poor. Not really worried about it. Just It's not stopping me. I'm just giving. My heart is not into it. I'm not hurting or anything like that. He's saying that we have to watch out for that. Uh, the last thing is morality is about choice and not raw materials. I have about six minutes left, and this is pretty important. Morality is about choice, not raw materials. I want us to think about that, that it's about choice and not natural impulse, not personal experiences or trained upbringing. Human beings judge one another by their external actions. God judges them by their moral choices. Let me paint this picture for you. If I was raised in a church and my parents have been giving and have shown me how to give, give, give. And so I'm raised up with that mindset of giving, giving, giving and going to church. C.S. Lewis is saying, well, that may look good to everybody else that you're doing great. But to God, have you moved any further? I think that's an important point to look at. The example he uses is when a man who has been perverted from his youth and taught that cruelty is the right thing, does some tiny little kindness or refrains from some cruelty he might have committed and thereby perhaps risk being sneered at by his companions, he may in God's eyes be doing more than you and I would do if we gave up a life itself for a friend. Hmm. Second example. It is as well to put this the other way around. Some of us who seem quite nice people may in fact have made so little use of a good heredity and a good upbringing that we are really worse than those who we regard as fiends. Can we be quite certain how we should have behaved if we had been saddled with the psychological outfit? And then with the bad upbringing and then with the power, say, of Himmler. That is why Christians are told not to judge. That we're all in different places. And it's important to realize that us that have been brought up in church our whole lives, and we have to go further than that. They're saying if we're just giving to the poor and we're used to that, God is looking at us specifically and saying, okay, what are you doing now with it? Have you taken it to the next step? A person has been in prison for 10 years and now realize their purpose and have done a small gesture. God is going to look at that differently. So I, we're not on the same equal playing field. C.S. Lewis is reminding us that God doesn't look at you and you and you the same. But at the end of judgment, he's going to say, OK, you have come this far. I was giving you this and you did this with it. You had these struggles and you overcame it because you put faith in me. That's pretty important. Now, that's unlike school, right? I would look at a grade and say, okay, well, everybody in here should get an 85 to pass. 
You get an 85, you're in good shape. God looks at the person that had a 40 and has and ends with a 55. All right. But it's a difference. Last thing. Some of us would like to think that God is a do this and get this or else type of God. But C.S. Lewis makes the statement that the daily choices to choose morality over personal desires either pushes us closer in harmony to God or away from God. We make millions of choices, millions throughout this life. C.S. Lewis is saying, you have God. And you have Satan. The choices that we make, every choice that we make, based off of external workings and internal workings, is going to push us every single time in one direction. When we work out these things, we automatically being pushed to God. I think that's important to realize. But when we eliminate this, say, no, I'm not going to focus on life's purpose. The decisions that we make are automatically going to push us closer to Satan. And I think that's really simple to understand. Jeremiah 17.10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. To reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Last thing, and I have two minutes. I want us to think of the rich man. I'm going to look at a couple of people. So you think of the rich man. The rich man in Matthew 19, 16 through 23, if you want to look this up. You remember a man goes up to Jesus and says, hey, how can I gain eternal life? Jesus responds back to him, well, uh, did you do these things? Did you feed the poor? Did you blah, blah, blah? And the man says, absolutely, I did those things. What's next? I got this. Then Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what now. Go ahead and uh, sell your possessions. <laughs> The rich man looks at Jesus and then runs away, weeping. Because here, he didn't have to go. Here, he didn't have life's purpose. I'm feeding the poor man. I'm, I'm, I'm giving. Invite people in my house all the time for food. All right, well, go ahead and sell all the stuff that you have. Go ahead and sell that mansion. Ah, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I just can't. Because I think the rich man, and it's not a thing to it, he didn't have his purpose together. He felt like the money thing was the purpose for him. We think about Jesus, and that's the last thing. The person that die for our sins that we pattern our lives after that we have said that we're going to follow and be a servant 
God in the form of man, which is Jesus, came down, became a bond servant. He understood the purpose. Oh, yeah, I can take care of the poor. I can do those things. Oh, yeah, I'm being tempted, but it don't matter. I got self-control. Because I understand that I'm going on the right hand of God after this short life. That's us. That's us. Now, are we all there? Maybe not. But we have a foundation to go off of. This is Christian morality. Once we get the life's purpose, all of this happens automatically. That's what C.S. Lewis is telling us. He's reiterating. We understand God has said, if you follow me and give me the glory, be a servant of me, do my works, I'll tell you what, you're going to get the kingdom of heaven. I didn't get a chance to go over, and this is 1101. I didn't have time to go over Christian marriage, um, and I didn't have time to go over the um, the sexual morality. Uh, but those two things we understand are within this. It's within it. Uh, as a Christian, we have signed up to follow sexual morality. In Christian marriage, I understand that we are with one man, one woman, right? man with woman, woman with man. Let me reiterate that. Okay, and abstinence outside of marriage, right? despite the desires that we have, and that can be worked out. All right, I want to say a prayer. If anybody has question or comment, just let me know. Uh, let's go ahead and say a prayer, and then we'll close out. Father, we come to you on this day that you have given us, understanding that you are the controller and creator of this world. Uh, we do not have the power to decide the system that you have put in place and the human machine that you have built. And we understand that everything works out for the good of those that love you. Uh, and we are here claiming that uh, we love you and want to follow you. Uh, we pray that everyone on the sound of my voice, that we understand your purpose uh, and that we put your purpose first above all else. Uh, we pray uh, that we keep that in mind as we make all the decisions and choices that we make uh, to push us closer to you. We most of all thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has uh, came down from heaven on the right hand and have shown us how to live uh, a life according to your will. We pray that we follow him and and uh, not get distracted uh, by the culture that is around us. Uh, we pray for everyone in this classroom that you give them the, the courage and uh, the wisdom to continue to um, push forward your purpose and let it show out in their works of external man-to-man -man and internal workings within themselves. Uh, we pray amongst these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Highland Bridge Builders podcast. Join us next week as we continue our series on mere Christianity. Thanks for listening.